hey, video for learning, I hear it's an idea that might catch on, kids. No, I'm just kidding, of course. Video for learning is a real thing, and we're going to talk with a real master of the art form. Mr. Simon Allardyce joins us on the Learning Geeks podcast, starting now. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hey, hey, hey guys. Bob. Hey, Simon. Welcome, Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. We are so excited to have you. I, you know, I, we've had a lot of guests on, and I usually don't get starstruck. I'm honestly a little starstruck right now. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a lovely way to begin. That's, I feel all, all complimented, so that works for me. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll dive into we'll dive into Simon's uh, you know what he does in just a second. Simon, after yeah. that compliment, now the tough questions start to roll. <laughs> yeah, it's like how, right. how do I get to be you? Because I, I think you have my dream job, but you know, some at some point we'll do that. Um, I got to tell you guys before we start, it has been a week. I, I had some surgery on my neck. You guys can see me on video. If you're listening, you can't hear it, but I kind of look like Job of the Hut right now. Like I have. <laughs> I have completely swollen up and, you know, but that also gets us into the, the Star Wars uh, uh, discussion. We had an Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer show up this week. We did. Simon, I, I understand you're at least a little bit of a fan. You impressed us yeah, on absolutely. email or something. I, fan, I wouldn't, I'll admit that the, the older I get, I get a little bit behind the curve on what's actually happening. But yeah, Fair I was a huge, a huge fan Fair growing enough. up and I'm still, I think reasonably well informed on most of these matters that's great so did we all see the obi-wan trailer yep yes probably about five six times maybe <laughs> at this jake point. watched it in reverse just to make sure he didn't miss anything <laughs> the, so the day of recording just for those listening because we always record much earlier than we release but uh i think the the trailer came out i think two days prior to recording right, right. so i think it's five or six times so far that i've seen it but loved it yes. loved it and and i will say Again, because I know I shared it with you, and I've shared it with probably everybody I work with who's asked me about the trailer. It's the uh, Duel of Fates was the thing that just the got music. me the like, music. super excited. The music. Amazing. And, and made me realize how much I still enjoy the music of the prequels. Oh, they were fantastic. For sure. For sure. And that just goes to show the power of video and storytelling and you know crafting our lives, which is a great transition, if I do say so myself, to... <laughs> Talking about Simon Allardyce. <laughs> S Simon, I, I think you've been called, I don't know if you've called yourself, but I know I've called you a professional explainer. D does that title resonate with you? And if so, can you explain to us what that means? Yeah, I mean, and, and it does, even though it feels a bit, a bit kind of, of me blowing my own trumpet. I don't call myself that, but I have had that applied, which is great. I mean, I've, as a bit of background, I've been doing technical training in one form or another for about 20 years and for the last 10 years that's been making online video courses so I've, I've I had over that time written and taught a whole bunch of fairly esoteric technical content but these days what I really focus on is introductory content so mm -hmm. whether it's something like an introduction to blockchain or machine learning or quantum computing or even something a bit more specific like the TypeScript language or Swift I like to be somebody's first steps into a topic and I take a lot of pride in doing that part very well uh, and even in hopefully in such a way that even if you'd had problems picking something up before if someone said you know I've tried to learn blockchain I just can't wrap my head around it my goal is that 
you're going to watch 20 minutes of, of my content and think, oh, that's what that means. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Finally, I get it. Why didn't somebody say that before? So that's kind of why I think people started saying, well, he doesn't just tell you things. He actually explains them. And, and yes, that's, that's what I try and do. Well, and I, in the courses that I've taken, the sense that I get is that you have an understanding of, of me, not me personally, but as a, a learner, you kind of have this under, you, you approach your content from that angle, uh, assuming that I have some knowledge, but I need to make some connections to new stuff. And part of that is the ability to tell an effective story. So I think the master storytelling is what is really intriguing to me. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and, that, and that's, it's great to hear that because um, it is, you know, one of the few downsides of doing video content is you don't have that kind of immediate feedback from people. So it's, mm -hmm. it's done after the fact, hopefully with, you know, with emails or tweets or somebody just kind of say, finding me at a conference and just saying, oh, I just needed to say that thing you did worked so well and I finally understood it. Um, but a, a big part of it is really that, how shall I say it? it? If there's one thing that I think the technical training in particular world is is still stunningly bad at, it's people who think that teaching is about reciting a bunch of facts. You know, that, that as long as it, I mm -hmm. list off a bunch of things that are true at you, that's what teaching means. And it's stepping away from that into no it's that's that's just focusing on the what we have to get to the why and i know that's the cliche but yeah it's the it's the story it's why is this important why does anybody care about this thing at all and and if you can get people into that context into that background into that kind of higher level understanding then that's the part that makes them go okay i'm, I'm willing to engage with this more than i thought i was this is a bit more interesting than i thought or a bit more relevant so it kind of all leads with that that higher level why does this why does anybody even care about this so simon you're hitting on some of the points but let me ask the question this way how do you get the story right how do you go about crafting the story and making sure that it's a story that's going to resonate what's your process so first, the, and there is a process, even though it's, it's occasionally, a, I wouldn't, I sometimes don't like to dignify it with that word, but there's an approach <laughs> I have. So, so um, when I'm writing any new course, even if it's a topic I know very well, the first thing I'm going to always do is go and try and replicate the beginner's experience. So if I knew nothing about this, you know, what are the phrases that I'll use online? What, what books might I get or what articles might I read? What YouTube videos would I look for? And mostly that experience, if you can put yourself in that headspace, mostly it's awful. It's, it's people who have that whole curse of knowledge thing. They're going to, you know, not properly explain background. Uh, and I'll give you one, one specific example, because I remember this kind of almost verbatim, which is when I was writing my introduction to blockchain, I'd go out to, to YouTube and find these, you know, what is blockchain uh, videos? And even some of the most popular ones would begin with, um, I think the most popular one at the time began with a monotone voice saying, a blockchain is a chain of blocks that uses cryptographic hashing <laughs> to create a append-only tamper-evident data structure. Yeah, thanks and for that's nothing. Absolutely <laughs> true. I mean, it's, it's right. perfectly true. That's all factual. That is all absolutely <laughs> correct and explains nothing to anybody. So it's, you know, first is kind of connecting with this whole set of, yeah, 
don't do that thing. You know, it's like, what's the opposite of that? And again, I, I once, um, I once kind of joked to someone who said, oh, you know, oh, you should get an award. And I said, well, you know, my speech would actually be, I would like to thank my contemporaries for their stunning mediocrity because <laughs> I, I, kind of, I genuinely feel that. I'm quite proud of my content, but I also think that a reason why a lot of it is successful is because most people's experience with technical training is so bad. It's, you know, they go into it just almost to this, it's going to be a hazing ritual of, oh, okay, don't, don't hurt me, you know, because it's, most of it's terrible. So part of it is connecting with that. What's the, the terrible way that most people try to explain something and don't do that, and then hopefully lead into that. Okay, so what, what should they know? If this was my first experience with it, um, what are the ways I wish somebody had explained this to me that would have made my life a little bit easier and, and kind of doing that? So what, what about those moments when you don't know the content? How does that, how do, like, I don't know the topic. Where do you start? And how do you also know when you go to YouTube? Because again, there's sometimes where there is good stuff, but you also don't, how do I know that it's actually factual? So I'm just curious, what does that process look like for you for when you get started? Yeah, absolutely. Luckily, um, it doesn't happen too often, meaning that there's, there's certain things I'll recuse myself from if I really don't know anything about mm -hmm. it. Not always. And actually, there's one, one example I'm doing at the moment, which is I'm writing a quantum computing introduction. Mm. And um, I remember having some discussions with, with some subject matter experts about this, saying that normally this would be a topic I would recuse myself from. I would not pretend to teach anybody Q-sharp or, or any of these specifics. But I actually feel there's a place for me in this because... Again, most introductions to it that I've gone through and seen are terrible. Well, terrible is not the word. They fail in the same ways. Again, it's back to that curse of knowledge. They often start well, but the person explaining them who has that whole expertise level, and usually that means with quantum computing that you've got a background in quantum mechanics and physics and, and all this, and it's, it's just really hard to put yourself in the position of somebody who doesn't know that stuff. Yeah. So they often start well and then just immediately devolve into, you know, talking about superposition and, and topological qubits as if that's something that people understand. So <laughs> Dinner conversation, of, right? Right, yeah. right, right. So, so it's kind of the, okay, I'm not going to be an expert, but I think I can do a, a better job here because I then kind of connect with that. My job now needs to be to have a terrible experience and to save somebody else from having the same <laughs> terrible experience that I had. So that's, that's the, the shift in mindset that I try and do. I go time. through the pain so you don't have to. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. I, I once joked that I kind of felt um, like kind of some old grizzled kind of guide sitting in some bar by the side of the jungle and just waiting for the, the young, fresh-faced couple to come going, well, we're just going exploring. And I'd be going, oh, geez, I don't want to go back in there, but I'm going to take you through that. Because <laughs> if you go in by yourself, you're going to get lost and you're going to yeah. die. So, okay, let's, let's, get, let's make this happen. Hop in the Jeep. Yeah, pretty <laughs> that, much. That's, that's honestly how I even think about our, like, at least my profession and our profession, the three of us where I feel like our job is to go find, swim through the mess and clean it up so other people can understand the mess <laughs> for yep. them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, with empathy being a key thing, like, right? You, you talked about the curse of knowledge a couple of times. So yeah. I think that's something that, that teachers, in quotations, 
uh, really tend to forget that they, they do know the topic already and the people they're teaching don't. Right. And, and it's, I think there's a, there's, it's not a trick to it so much, but one of the things I've never had, I've never regretted doing is I'll try and make my content kind of unashamedly introductory, and particularly in, in, I think, in technical training. A lot of people don't like to do that because they think, well, surely most of the audience knows at least these things. So I'm just going to, you know, if I had to explain them, I'd be patronizing. But I try and do it in a way that if you're sitting through one of my courses and you do know what I'm talking about, you, you don't feel patronized or bored. You might just hopefully go, oh, that's, you know, I, I knew what he was talking about, but that's a pretty cool way to explain yeah. that. I don't mind sitting through it again. That's fine. So, I, you know, I do try and get very, very clear on what do I expect people to know or, or not know and, and define that quite specifically up front of, okay, like with this quantum computing thing, I don't expect them to know what Heisenberg's uncertainty principle is. I don't expect them to have ever heard the term qubit. I don't expect them to know anything about quantum physics. So it's kind of that, it's, it's less prerequisites and more, you know, no requisites of just, no, I don't expect them to know any of this stuff. And now how do I lead them through? Do I assume that probably a, a fair chunk of that audience will know something about it, will have read an article or two? Yeah, but that's okay. But I need to go back further than those folks. So Jake, did you know that AI has a color? AI has a color? It does. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that, 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 that leads to um, a thing that, that I refer to in, in a lot of the courses that I do. I, I try and embrace, it's a big thing for me to embrace the cliches about it. So sometimes that, what I mean by a cliche might be, if you were going to try and be introduced to blockchain, if you know anything about it, you've probably got this idea that this is kind of some weird, mainly skeezy kind of thing <laughs> full of get rich quick schemes yeah. and really shady yes. people and news stories about disappearances. So, but a lot <laughs> of the introductions, you know, you would never know that happened. But the point is, I'm going, well, that's probably a lot of my audience thinks that. They've read news stories about it and, and thefts and all that. So I want to make sure that in any content I do, I absolutely go there. And I say, mm -hmm. yes, this is a thing. This, and not only that, but if that's someone's objection, I'm, I'm going to take that cliche. I'm going to blow it up. I'm going to exaggerate it so they can relax. They don't have to think, well... Okay, I, I was worried about blockchain, but okay, this guy's already going further with this objection than I did. So I can then kind of blow it all out and then say, and yet it is really valuable and here's yeah. why. I can kind of, I can crystallize their objection, I can, I can break it, I can then make this relevant. So with artificial intelligence, kind of some of the cliches there are, well, first off, if I've got a, a very wide audience, some of that audience is probably thinking, we, we did this back in the 80s and we kind of figured out AI was a complete waste of time. Didn't we already do this stuff? So I'm going to pick that. But I'm also going to pick the fact that with AI and machine learning, there's all these weird visual cliches of, of you know, any article about AI is going to usually begin with kind of a node picture of a brain made of little <laughs> nodes and, mm -hmm. and connecting dots yep. or... A, a, a robot and for whatever reason the fashion is the iRobot style you know the white plastic yeah. face and, and exposed head wiring but it's also what Dana's referring to is if you search for AI 
like doing a Google image search, almost every image you get back is blue. It, it's like graphic designers had a meeting and said, everyone has a color <laughs> and it's blue. And, and it's like 90% of them, thousands of images and they're all blue. And oh my gosh, you are right. <laughs> book covers and all this stuff. You find just blue book covers with wow. node brains on them and white-faced robots. And it's just you. So even if people haven't consciously identified the cliches, I'll go, have you ever seen this? Because here's the thing. When you see this again, I want you to notice this. I want you to look at this and go, yeah, I've seen this cliche before. So what other cliches am I about to get? You know, this it's is so funny. I, I just did the same thing. So as a challenge to our listener, hit pause right now. Go to your favorite search engine type in AI and look at images, it's all blue. It's it's all blue, and the same robots are showing up, the exact same ones you mentioned, which I've seen those plenty of times. It's like once you said it, and they knew exactly yeah. what they were. The nodes <laughs> in the brain. Yeah, the you're absolutely right. The nodes in the brain. Every, it's, I feel like it's those three things. I may also have a little bit of a bias because you said that, but also the blue's clear. The blue's everywhere. Yep. Man. <laughs> So we have the graphic designers to blame for confusing everybody, I guess. that's Absolutely. <laughs> so does blockchain have a color? <laughs> I have to do a Google search on that to see it. it orange. It, 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 maybe it it's some, orange. It's probably orange. It has some weird things, weird icons, all the kind of strange little uh, money icons associated. But yeah, yeah. not as clear with, with color, but definitely has that the cliche of, of weird get-rich-quick schemes and various shady people. Mm -hmm. which you should, you should kind of embrace and identify, and you should kind of admit the fact of the history of this technology is a bit weird. I mean, it's just, yeah, Satoshi Nakamoto who wrote the original white paper. Nobody knows who that is, and that yeah. should strike people as a bit <laughs> weird. So, okay, mm -hmm. embrace that, be very open about it, and still lead people through it. Simon, we, um, when I told Alison Horn, our patron saint for the Geeks podcast, that we're going to have you as a guest. She said, oh, ask Simon these two questions. So the first one is, what are we getting right where it comes to technology training? And the second one is related to that. What are we getting wrong with technology training? You kind of hit on some of those things, but you know, just riff on that a little bit. I think one of, the, one of the things that's happened that has changed a lot in the last few years, you know, when, when I started doing this, because my background isn't, education and software development. That was what I started as, was a programmer. Um, and for a large part of my career of doing this, I've basically been a nerd talking to other nerds, where you know, technology subjects were for technologists. They were for you know, software developers and network engineers and data scientists, and that was kind of it. Um, and it's been this change this kind of sea change over the last few years of if, if you now talk to you know if i'm talking to a, a learning and development manager and saying you know who in the company needs to know about ai and automation and machine learning and, and blockchain whereas it used to be software engineers and network folks now it's well, it's everybody you know everybody yeah. needs to know about this stuff everybody has to know a little bit more about this we want everybody understanding the problems that they solve. We want everybody able to have more conversations about it. We kind of want greater technical awareness just up and down the entire org chart. And that's something that I think is changing and, and particularly with, with companies like Accenture that, you know, when they're kind of pushing a lot of this 
training forward, it's not restricted. It's not this is just for the technical folks. It's for everybody and the expectation is for everybody. And that's, I think, something that quite a lot of places are only slowly figuring out and suddenly realizing, oh, geez, we, we need everybody doing it. Everybody yeah. doesn't have to be a practitioner, but there's a certain level of this understanding that's, that's absolutely important. But the other part of it is, and it's not necessarily getting wrong, but it's you do have to kind of identify with the fact that even if somebody has a, a, a an interest in technology topics, there's just so many of, of the darn things right now. So it's okay if you're you're trying to step into picking up something new. Well, should it be blockchain? Should it be mobile and 5G? Should it be automation and RPA should you know if I if you're someone who doesn't know how to code well you've probably been hearing for years about how important it is to learn to code so maybe it's that and maybe it's you know working with um, cloud computing or quantum computing or edge computing or all sorts of other computing things and it's very easy you know for people to just kind of get blown out on this and just ah, I'm, I'm done I can't keep up um, and that you know, I, I don't pretend to have the easy answer for that. I think having some kind of structure around it is helpful. But just as I'd admit with the cliches about any technology, I also won't pretend that this isn't a challenge with with this kind of this background of just trying to get a base level of knowledge in a whole bunch of different topics is time consuming and hard and takes effort. And so, you know, the better, the more engaging that it can be made, the more enjoyable it can be done. That's it's a massive thing. You know, I, I still I occasionally run into folks that I say occasionally, quite commonly, that kind of approach technical training and you know, and they make courses and, and, and the way I've made an equivalent is they think about it like it's a manual for a washing machine. You know, they don't think about how can this be engaging. Yeah. You know, no, somebody's writing the manual for a washing machine. It's not about how can this be engaging in the best manual ever. It's just, well, is it, is it full of true things? Does it say exactly what this button does? And does it have an index? And is it created in very, very work-a-day approach? But that's not going to get somebody, you know, into this topic. So... I'll, I will have people that say, look at some of my content and occasionally dismiss it. Oh, well, you're, you're just doing this thing to be entertaining. It's like, well, that's not a sin, you know. It's not especially <laughs> a bad thing. And if yes, my goal with that is, yeah, you know, it, one of the other things I try and do with all my courses, I try and make them all a little bit different from each other. You know, I, I don't ever open with templated language. You're never mm. going to find one of my courses dealt with, hello, in this course, you will learn about topic one. Then you will, you know, hate that stuff. So I want them all to be a little bit different and a little bit unexpected so that within the first minute or two, something's going to happen that makes you think, well, even if I didn't know what I was expecting, it wasn't that. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep watching a little bit more and I'm going to keep watching till the next clip. But no, that next one's only three minutes. I'll just keep watching that thing. And just that, you know, that ability of trying to keep people engaged, trying to keep the story going, trying to maybe do a bit of a cliffhanger from one section to another to just make people think, oh, right. I'll, okay. Just one more. <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the nicest comments that I ever got sent after some of this content which um, had been deployed into an organization is there was a, 
a thread on an internal message board where someone had kind of been assigned, and I don't actually remember which topic it was. It might have been AI or machine learning. And their comment was, oh, I thought this was going to be like one of these mandatory, you know, yearly things like watching the yearly security or harassment training. And it was great. I binged them like a Netflix show. Like, well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's perfect. That's what we want. That's what you want. Right. That's how to help with that engagement. So, yeah, and that went off on a bit of a ramble, but hopefully kind of connected to the question. No, that's spot on. Simon, I've had this quote by Walt Disney on my desk for probably 25 years, which is, in the discovery of knowledge, there is great entertainment. As conversely, in all good entertainment, there is always some grain of wisdom, humanity, or enlightenment to be gained. And, you know, I, I've kind of used that as a mantra of mine for my entire career here. But I feel like people are just starting to grasp this again now. Like the term entertainment is becoming a less dirty word in the field of corporate education. And it's something that we need to to keep moving on because we are in competition with the Netflixes and all of the video games for people's attention. And, you know, we also know that by being entertaining, by being engaging, it makes the content that much more sticky. So, you know, if you've got a problem with learning content being entertainment and entertaining, you know, let go of your bad self, folks. Like, <laughs> let's have some fun out there. And, and it's interesting you say that because I, I wasn't aware of that Disney quote, but it, you know, obviously makes sense. There was a, there's kind of an equivalent I had, which actually is from um, when the BBC was founded um, in, you know, the early turn of the century. Uh, Lord Reith, who was the person yeah. who founded it had this phrase that the mission, and this was kind of before mission statements, really, but the mission of the BBC was to inform, educate, and entertain, which I think is, you know, if you're just going to pick three words for, for what learning content should be, then to yeah. say it should be to inform, educate, and entertain is, that's a great way to do it. So Simon, I have to ask, like, with the video medium, and that's what you you use specifically, it sounds like a lot. One of your approaches is to bring yourself to the, the different video, bring your personality, which is a, you know a key technique. Honestly, when I think of any video uh, using video as a medium, but what are some other ways that you use the medium effectively to even abstract and pull out some of the teaching and the learning that you're trying to you are trying to teach? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, it's it's an odd thing. Mike, when I first started doing this. Um, video courses, they were all screen capture. I mean, I was teaching mm. programming topics and it was that kind of classic idea of you're going to look at a, you know, a screen a programming interface and I'll yep. be talking over the top of it. Now, it started that way. And then, you know, one of the things that's still quite common is people who they have a few points to make, but they essentially hit record and go and they just freeform stuff, which is fine. And I, I did some of my early courses that way. And then figured out that, okay, what I really wanted to do is try and explain this in my kind of archetypal best self. If I could explain this with no ums, ahs, or hesitation, you know, how would I do it? Which basically led to me scripting. And I script everything. I write a script for everything, and I obsess about the script, and I rewrite it, and I rephrase it. But I try and write it conversationally. I don't write it yeah. like an article. I try and make it like the best conversation we could have. So that, that's kind of a goal for it. And, but what that leads to is that kind of led to me stepping away from 
some of the what I believe are the cliched ways that this training is done. So a lot of technical training still is screen capture or screen capture and bullet points on a slide. And I thought, well, if I take the model of, if I was sitting beside you, if I was explaining some technical topic to you, just one-on-one, we're both sitting at the desk, well, there's a few things that we're going to do. Sometimes, sure, I'd be showing you something on screen, in which case we'd both be looking at the screen. That's screen capture. Sometimes I would say, well, let me just turn to the board and like write a little diagram, and that mm-hmm. should be some kind of animation. And sometimes, particularly early on, I wouldn't do any of that stuff. I'd just talk to you. I'd just, I'd just turn and say, okay, now, here's the thing. You might be tempted to do X, but if you do X, this is going to break, and here's why. So I would just turn and talk to you, and then I started going, well, that, that should just be a bit of talking head. That should just be me talking to the camera, and then we go back to something. You know, and, and you follow that example, and one of the things I would never do, or very rarely in person-to-person, is I wouldn't just write two bullet points on the board and make you look at them. That's <laughs> never going to happen. You know, so it's like I, I very, very rarely use bullet points in my yeah. courses because it's like, well, I, I wouldn't do that. That's not the great way to do it. That's, a, in a lot of cases, quite a lazy way to teach anything. So it's kind of that obsession about what's the best way to use video for this, which in a lot of cases models, I think, kind of a, a one-on-one interaction. And that's kind of where that begins. But it's also, if I'm respectful of that person's time, then I'm going to script because that allows me to be so much more information dense. It allows me to do something in five or six minutes that would take me 15 if it was free form. So respect that part of the attention as well. But what you can do that a lot of people miss on is you're able to script in a way that makes it sound like real people actually talk to each other, which is... That's, which is something mm-hmm. that is kind of a, a yeah. lost art or a missing art. And, yeah. you know, pro tip, folks, if you're doing videos for learning, try to make your script sound like people actually talk. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, looking at the clock on the old studio wall, it's about time to wrap this up. I feel like we could probably go on for a couple more hours. But I've learned a ton from you on this, Simon. I really appreciate it. Thank you yeah, for really being appreciate here it. so much. This is, it's been a pleasure. This is great. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully all of our listeners have some things to listen to. Simon, where can people find you out on the internet so they can get a sample of, of what you do and you know maybe engage with some of your content? Yeah, so I, you know, I have been doing stuff online for about 10 years, but that generally always behind a paywall somewhere. I started off um, at lynda.com up to their acquisition of becoming LinkedIn Learning, and then for the last six years I've been um, happily at uh, Pluralsight. And you can go there. There's usually a couple of my courses are, are free. You don't have to sign up um, for a, a full account or pay for anything. There's usually something that you can see yeah. um, to at least get a sense of that. There are some videos on, on YouTube, of course. But, um, yeah, just plural site is the main thing of the stuff that I've been doing the last few years. I think our friends at Pluralsight like to like to dangle you out there a little bit as a, as a promotional. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> That's good stuff. Okay. Well, everybody, thanks again for being here. Uh, What a great day. And uh, jump on, check out those videos. And uh, just remember, be engaging, be entertaining, and use the channels that will help you learn. Right? Right. Right. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Simon. Yeah, thanks. So this has been Bob. And on behalf of Simon and Dana and Jake, thanks for listening to the Learning Geeks podcast. 
We'll see you again next time real soon. Thanks, everybody. 